Hey everyone, before the music hits, um, we're talking about Avengers Infinity War this week. As you know, we do full spoilers on these shows as it is. This movie is a lot of movie, so uh, it's going to be hard to avoid spoilers kind of out the gate on this one. So listen at your own risk. Consider this your spoiler warning. I wouldn't listen to it at all uh, if you haven't seen it and don't want to know anything about it. So half the universe dies. And also Black Panther. He's part of the half. But Loki dies immediately. Uh let's see who else dies. Gamora dies. Heimdall dies. Heimdall dies immediately. Hulk gets his ass kicked. Yeah. 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 Alright, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Alright, yeah. You can yeah. be warned. Yep. Welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube show based on a podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. I'm Michael Morey. And this week we are here to talk about the big one, uh, Avengers Infinity War. This Mama will be a two. <laughs> here we go again. Hey, ABBA's getting back, man. Getting back together. <laughs> well, then that, the entire point of the Mamma Mia series has been fulfilled. Yeah, the MCU. Yeah. The MMCU. <laughs> the Mamma Mia Cinematic Universe. <laughs> filled you know with a giant ensemble cast mm -hmm. just like our favorite other cinematic universe the dark universe <laughs> stupid that's so dumb yeah, um yeah so we're here to talk about avengers infinity war colon here we go again and uh it is the 19th film in the Marvel Universe, which is nuts because it's only been around for 10 years at this point. Uh, all kicked off, I think, the day we're recording yep. is the official 10th, 10th anniversary of Iron Man, the, the one that started it all. Um, I watched all of them <laughs> over the last two months. It was a lot. Yeah. But I'm actually, after seeing it, really glad I did. Mm -hmm. um, we'll talk more about that in a second. Mike, uh, wh what do you think about this Marvel thing? Um, You know me. We've been kind of on a roller coaster in terms of how I feel about this yeah. thing. Where I went from kind of hating it and feeling like every movie is just a giant preview for the next movie. To then being more on board with it with like Winter Soldier onward pretty mm -hmm. much. And then I kind of felt like it got a little off track with like Doctor Strange-ish maybe. Right. And uh, then I kind of felt like, oh no, here we're going through this origin story crap again with like new people and it's getting boring. But now I'm beginning to kind of see the fruit of it, um, especially with this movie. Right. I think it's incredibly ambitious. Um, you know, nothing like this has ever been attempted before, obviously. Right. Um, and now that we're seeing the interactions of all these characters... I think um, I see the value in what they've accomplished. I think it also has some problems, um, which we'll get into. This movie, I think, is reflective of them. 
but it has mostly been a success in my eyes now. Yeah, I, the, so for better or worse, this thing is historic. Like, yeah. like invention of the camera historic. Like this is, this is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and this is not the first cinematic universe but it's the first one that's been sort of not slavishly necessarily but devoted to a specific continuity mm-hmm. over the course of them uh you know the universal monsters crossed over in each other's movies all the time and uh that was just like uh the dracula's in this one <laughs> and the dracula and the, with the marvel the marvel movies it was this thing where you know i think superheroes were kind of always ripe for the adaptation but technology wasn't quite there to give us convincing um, superhero things mm-hmm. yet. And I think this kind of hit at the right time. You know, it's 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 a it's a perfect storm of stuff going on in the world. Um, I think it's hard to ignore 9-11's effect on that. Yeah. Just like a need for straight white hat heroes, but not a return of the Western because mm-hmm. The Western did dominate the industry for so long that it was time for something new. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of saw the origins of that. You know, Spider-Man 1, I think, is what really kicked off this whole thing. Um, you know, a New York superhero. The yeah. Sam Raimi Spider-Man 1. Right, right, right. The It was this New York superhero. came out in 2002. Mm-hmm. Yep. J- less than a year after 9-11. It came out mm-hmm. in, I believe, July. I think it was like a July 4th release. May have been May. Even. Yeah. And the I, teaser trailer featured the Twin Towers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like, that kind of hit at the right moment and it looked good. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it was convincing. It was the first time we'd seen Spider-Man like really get to play around in New York City yeah. without really bonkers or, or cheesy special effects. And I think it kind of signified this whole, whoa, this can be a viable thing now. Yes. Um, X-Men before that, as kind of a tester, that was a little bit more of a straight-up action movie than Spider-Man was. You know, it was less effects-heavy. Yeah. A lot of the the special effects could be done through prosthetics and, and mm-hmm. rubber makeup. And But then Spider-Man was the first one to really utilize computer-generated imagery in a superhero thing to make it look pretty real. Yeah. Um, and so from there... Also, it became the highest opening weekend of all time when it first came out. It was it was a cash cow. And, you know, we got Spider-Man 2, which is widely regarded as one of the best superhero movies ever made. And we had, you know, Superman in the 70s, right. obviously. And even Superman on TV in the and 50s. The and Tim Burton Batman. The Tim Burton Batman. But then, you know, Batman and Robin kind of killed right. that whole thing. So right. really the revitalization starts with X-Men and Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. And then you got, you know, the super serious times one and Nolan's Batman Begins. And this all predates yeah. the MCU process. and and then in 2008 marvel said hey you know these superhero movies you know earlier than 2008 but 2006 i guess they said hey these superhero movies are a viable thing we're going bankrupt Mm -hmm. um let's kind of put all our eggs in one basket here and make movies out of this the thing is they'd sold off their rights to a lot of their heroes to stay in business especially their triple a yeah so they started with iron man which is a character most people had heard of Mm -hmm. he you know once again the perfect storm it's a character most people have heard of Uh, not super familiar with his story no which allowed them to kind of do whatever they wanted with him um where it was like i've heard of that guy and then the comic book nerds, because of the internet, kind of came out of the woodwork and said, you know who would be perfect for this is Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. was looking 
to kind of come back. Yeah. You know, he he had a rough spell <laughs> um, with uh, dealing with addiction and, and and in and out of rehab and uh, just being not a great dude. Um, and he had done a movie in 2006 with uh, Shane Black called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a huge hit, still isn't a huge hit, but it's definitely a cult classic. It's a movie that a lot of people really kind of discovered. I don't even know how. I know how I did. Uh, I'm not proud of this, but it's a movie that I randomly pirated because <laughs> I had heard about it. I don't even know how I heard about it, but I just heard like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a good movie and you should watch it. And so I pirated it and watched it and it became kind of an instant favorite of mine. I really like that movie a lot. So word of mouth on that movie is pretty, uh, pretty good. And it's kind of spread over the last 12 years. I don't think it's, you know, by any means a new, like a, a new hidden gem. But I think there are diehard fans of that movie mm-hmm. that really kind of got vocal when they announced they were doing an Iron Man movie. And so they did it and they got, you know, outside of Robert Downey Jr., who is kind of Iron Man in real life, not just because of his real life struggles, but it's. He's one of those guys where it's like, I've heard of that guy, but he hadn't been in anything for a long time or anything of note in a long time. The last thing he had done really noteworthy was Ally McBeal. Mm. And it was kind of like, I've heard of that guy. And he seems likable enough. You know, he's he's he post rehab. Robert Downey Jr. is very affable. Yes. And I think that had a lot going for it. And it came out and it was I mean, it was a huge hit, man. Like it was right out the gate. It was like a thing. And the funny thing was that was also the year The Dark Knight came out. And yeah. That became, you know, a huge blockbuster too. Right. And a lot of movies tried to emulate that. Mm-hmm. However, now I feel like in the long term, more of Hollywood is trying to emulate the MCU that started with Iron Man. Right. You know? So they're trying to emulate the model of the MCU. Mm-hmm. People are trying to emulate, like, on a grand scale. Right. But on a movie to movie scale, they're still kind of trying to remake the dark Knight. Yeah. They're still chasing that. Yeah. yeah it's, it's so weird. It's so weird. And nobody's done it right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, cause it's funny cause both of those approaches, they've been combining them and they mm. suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. The, the MCU like works, I think partially because it's kind of like not full of itself, but then these things are trying to combine that approach with the seriousness of the dark Knight. Right. Just suck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> The, the you know dark knight kicked off the gritty reboot culture yeah which did give us some good movies yeah uh even though it came out in 2006 well i guess casino royale kicked off the gritty reboot culture no batman, batman begins, begins kicked off the gritty five yeah yeah casino yeah, yeah. Royale. then casino royale yeah. then so dark batman knight. begins is really the yeah. dark and gritty but right it wasn't until like the dark knight came out that things got solidified right well because like the dark knight is so much bigger than batman begins right um so the one two punch i think that really helped the mcu as well yeah um having both of those come out the same year Mm -hmm. there's a really strong summer for movies there's a really strong year for movies yes and i think that had a lot to do with it um just like all those movies were like kind of stuck with people's minds Mm -hmm. um more than a lot of summer blockbusters tend to i mean Hell, even for better or for worse, that was the summer like Indiana Jones came back to the big screen. It sucked, but it was a cultural touchstone of that year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it was it was all of that happened. And then Incredible Hulk came out and it's not a good movie, <sighs> but it hit right in the perfect storm of just people riding high on these things and got kind of a bump 
from people who were like, I like superhero things mm-hmm. now. And they really, you know, kind of started Easter egging their way to like something bigger is happening. There's a post credit scene that has Samuel L. Jackson as this guy with an eye patch and like the comic book nerds kind of you could go online and see, oh, that's that's a character named Nick Fury and he's mm-hmm. part of the Avengers and the Avengers is the superhero team. And so it became it kind of started to snowball and get momentum and and they announced, hey, yeah, we're doing this kind of new take on movie making where we're going to make everything all fit together. Um, Even though they're separate heroes, they're sort of, they're definitely connected, even though they're not necessarily sequels to each other. And we're just going to kind of pepper the movies, uh, no uh, pun intended, with references uh, to other characters and, and things that might happen in the future. And we're going to culminate this in a movie called The Avengers. It's going to feature, you know, these characters who've had all their own movies. We also got, you know, Incredible Hulk, Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, and then The Avengers. And all that took four years. Mm-hmm. It took four years yeah, for that to time. happen. Yeah. Which means they've released 13 movies in six years. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, they moved real quick. Yeah, that. like once it started generating income, part of it is they sold to Disney right before Avengers came out. And um, I think even right before Iron Man 2 came out. But Avengers was the first one that kind of like had the Disney stamp on it for real. Yeah. Um, And so it was this big team up movie. We got to see Captain America and Thor. And it kind of, once again, they were working off their B team Avengers, even though Captain America has been the leader. Of the Avengers, it was, you know, he had this reputation as the overgrown Boy Scout. Almost uh, uh, Marvel's answer to Superman. And Thor was this really weird Shakespearean Kenneth Branagh movie that, like, shouldn't have worked but did because Kenneth Branagh. (laughs) Um, And it culminated in the Avengers and everyone was like, neat. Yeah. This is a cool thing. Mm -hmm. That was a milestone, too. Right. A big milestone and it paid off really nicely for like the phase one as we know them now the phase one movies it kind of was like oh yeah i see where they brought all this stuff together mm-hmm. to to be this to be the avengers and then the avengers teased a big purple man and half of the people knew who he was and half of the people did not <laughs> and uh there was there was there was definitely a split in the theater of like dope and okay um, <laughs> checking out my cell phone right now to figure out who the hell this is yeah or like asking the nerd next to me yeah and it became pretty clear that it was it was Thanos and for comic book nerds it was like oh crap Thanos like he's gonna be a big deal it's this you know uh, uh, he's he's part of this arc called the Infinity Gauntlet and you know there are these stones that power this super powerful glove and it makes him really hard to beat and that's thanos like that's just it kind of um and they were like yep that's what's happening all of this is leading to the infinity gauntlet story in the mcu but here's freaking 13 other movies (laughs) before before we get there so it was you know they promised six years ago infinity war Mm -hmm. and kind of told us hey we're doing a lot more of these before you see it come to fruition and we had to 
buy into it or not. Yeah. And it was a big risk, man, because even if one of these was a little bit off, it would have been the end, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, you know, they came in with phase two and it was a bunch of sequels um, and a couple new things like Guardians of the Galaxy. Once again, working off their B team of like, I don't know, do Guardians of the Galaxy. It's this weird 70s sci-fi comic that nobody remembers. It's got a talking raccoon in a tree that only says three words. (laughs) Um, And, you know, on paper, it's a crazy idea. One of their most popular franchises now. Um, So what is it, Mike, about Marvel that lets them kind of get away with these crazy ideas? Is it the Disneyfication of it? Is it just being really good business people? It's partially that. But it's also partially because of the strength of their casting. I think that the people that they've chosen to go and do these roles have been pretty damn incredible. Mm-hmm. They fit these characters like a glove, and people want to spend time with them. And it doesn't matter what kind of story there is, because I think sometimes the stories of some of these movies have been kind of flimsy. What really matters is these characters and the interactions they have with each other. It's like a it's like a comic book, or, <laughs> yeah. you know, or like a soap opera, you know, or you're just you you're watching it not because like you're expecting something amazing in terms of like this plot development, but because you like seeing these people spend time together and you like spending time with them. Yeah. Um, and they built a name for themselves based off of being quality, decent movies. Right. It hasn't been an outright stinker really among any of right. them. Like the closest they got was like Incredible Hulk. Yeah. And that was pre-Disney. So that right. was like, it was kind of Wild West days for yeah. them. And, and like, I think that in some ways people kind of disregarded that movie as right. being part of this whole experiment. Right. Especially because Edward Norton plays the Hulk yeah. and now we have Mark Ruffalo who's been the Hulk for way longer. Right. And so I think that's partially what it is. I think that the Disney marketing machine has been really good. Mm-hmm. I think the way that they have entertained the fan base has been really smart. I think they give people kind of what they want, which I think is important. Mm-hmm. I take, you know, I take that. Uh, there's gonna be so many comparisons to the Last Jedi in this, um, but I feel like the Last Jedi was something I think exercise in not giving people what they want, and part right. of that was the point. But right. <laughs> also, like, I also feel like that wasn't a good point like right. at this stage of the game to make a Star Wars movie that kind of doesn't give you what you want. Right. It should have been the first one. Right. It should have been the first in a new set of stories. Right. I, I, it should have been like, I think a couple of movies from now you kind of do a subversive right. one. Either like, right out the gate right. or after you do a trilogy. Exactly. But like to kind of do it where they did it was not satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, and to treat the characters the way they did in that movie was not satisfying. In comparison to this, I don't think there's a single character where I'm like, Oh, that that guy wouldn't act this way. I mean, I'm not super familiar with the comics, but like they all feel like true to what they are, and that's something I think is very respectful of the material that people enjoy. Right, and they pay it back. Yeah, I agree. Um, I haven't read too many Marvel comics, and when it comes to comics, I'm actually a big DC guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have like zero <laughs> in right. anything. So right, so I I don't read a lot of newer DC titles, but I've read a lot of legacy DC titles. And I haven't read too much Marvel stuff, mm-hmm. but the little bit of Marvel I've read, like those are the characters you see on screen, man. Like they nailed it. Right. You know, part of it even is the Ultimates universe has in in the the normal Marvel continuity, um, Nick Fury's white, and in the Ultimates universe when they rebooted sort of the Marvel comic books, they based Nick Fury off of Samuel L. Jackson. Right. And they got the guy for the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's like a big deal. Yeah. And to see that play out, I think, is, has really helped a lot of people have some goodwill towards it. Yeah. I think also, um, like you said, they've just kind of been decent to great movies. Yeah. And that level of consistency in your blockbusters is 
few and far between nowadays yeah. uh especially with something this massive you know mm-hmm. the i mean look at Jura- something like jurassic world yeah. right like it's this huge it has the same budget as mm-hmm. a marvel movie and unfortunately did incredibly well at the box office but it's a <laughs> terrible movie yeah. oh, like, it's it, an outright disaster of a film and unfortunately it's part of a franchise that in general maybe i'd say has only really one good movie right in it. right and, and so you know and even star wars there's a great debate about whether anything beyond like the first two of them or anything beyond good right so uh, somehow they've made 19 of these movies that are considered pretty good to great yeah and that's pretty incredible i mean you don't even need robert Downey jr to sell you on a movie anymore no. you see the marvel name and you it gets people yeah in right the they're cinematic starbucks and i don't mean that in a derogatory no. way at all so starbucks right their their whole model is you know what you're getting at starbucks every starbucks tastes exactly the same across the board burnt and in <laughs> In in the MCU, you know what you're getting. Not in terms of like they, they do have a formula, um, but that formula like mostly works, right? And 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 it, it keeps you entertained for two hours. And the tease at the end is like, oh yeah, I'd like to see how this plays out, yeah. right? So all that being said, Infinity War had a lot riding on its shoulders. This was the make it or break it, and we're seeing that. Mm-hmm. This was the make it or break it moment for people who've been following this for the last ten years because they've been teasing it out and. It was, it was, there was a lot here. So what Marvel did that I think is, is indicative of their really smart business sense is they got the guys who have made the two most beloved Marvel movies so far to do this one. Mm -hmm. You know, they were not taking any chances and they got the guys who wrote the two most beloved movies Mm -hmm. in the MCU so far to write this one. (laughs) Um, And... Before it, it one, I think it pays off in spades. Um, but before we get into that, I did watch all 19 of these, 18 of these leading up to it. It's so crazy to see how they set stuff up. Mm-hmm. Like they knew what they, they had this stuff planned yeah. so far in advance. And I think that has a lot to do with why it's been successful and why people who copy it aren't because they're just trying to play catch up. Yeah, and they're like just throwing crap on a wall to see what sticks. Right. But they don't need to. Yeah. They don't need to. Like, if a shared universe came out and took its time, there could be a second one. Mm-hmm. And none of the studios understand that at all. I agree with you on that one. There's, I, What would we say? It took four years for the first Avengers movie to come out. And then in the next six, we got two more. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, they just go and hastily announce this team-up movie. Everybody else is yeah. start off with a team-up movie. And it's like, yeah. well... Wait a minute, you can't just start off with a team-up movie because we don't even know who the hell these people are individually. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's a big thing. And then even then, there's just a, ba- like a basic lack of planning when it comes to a lot of these other yeah. universes. Like, I know Star Wars is just trying to do this once-a-year thing, but even then, it, like, these productions are so rickety that they have to go and fire directors or do reshoots or, like, you know... Yeah, that's a little bit different of a beast, though, because they have... The, they're, like, spin-off movies in between, so they're really only doing three connected right, ones. Yeah, and... but even then, it's like they have those aspirations, and mm-hmm. I don't even think they're doing that successfully at this point, really. Right. It's kind of just, like, they're barely holding it together, it feels like, sometimes. Right. So, yeah, somehow the um, decision to go and do this with the Marvel movies, there's a lot of forethought that happens with it that I don't see in other things. Yeah. And that really comes through watching all of them. And it's so crazy to watch when Disney takes over and to see, like, the big mouse ears stamped all over the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, just, like, the the 
the look of the movies gets a lot better. The pacing of a lot of them gets a lot tighter, even though like some of them aren't that greatly paced before they were all over the place, man. And, uh, it's, it's so crazy to see like from when Disney took over to from when they didn't to when they did. That's the biggest thing I noticed in this is like, wow, these got really consistent. And then in phase two, they got really confident. Yeah. And they took a lot of risks and a lot of them paid off. I'm not a lover of Guardians of the Galaxy, but that's a risky movie that paid off in a lot of money for them. Yeah. Um, but phase two also gave us the best Marvel movie, which is Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And that movie's like not even it, that thing's barely one of these Marvel things. Like it, yeah. it up until maybe like the last act. Yeah. It's like a Marvel in name only. Yeah. <laughs> and like I, it has familiar characters and familiar mm-hmm. organizations in it. But it's it's like a James Bond Mission Impossible thing. That to me was like the turning point of the MCU where I was like, all right, whatever. Like my friends are watching this. So I want to be part of the conversation. I'll watch these movies. Right. And then I saw that movie. I was like, Wait a minute. What is going on right now? Like this is like pretty good. Like, yeah, like, this is like kind of adult and mature, and yeah. it feels like it's trying to say something. And what's going on? Like, because I honestly don't feel like those most of the ones before that had like much of a theme. Right. Um, I mean, maybe the original Iron Man did. But everything else is kind of like okay, it's, we're having fun. Mm-hmm. Yay. And then this movie's like this is talking about the police state and like surveillance state right. and drones. And- I think I so I think to push back a little bit yeah. on not having a theme. I think the themes were more character driven, right? Like when I look yeah. at when I look at the first Thor, it's not really about anything larger than Thor, but it's about the way his family. It's like families, huh? Which yeah. we even start to see payoff even in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's just like a strained relationship between his brother and like him kind of trying to figure out where he's supposed to be in all of this. Yeah, I, okay. Actually, I amend my answer to go and say that maybe. Thor is the best example of one that had a theme mm-hmm. in the Phase One series. Because, well, I think yeah. Captain America has like it what does, is but, like what is heroism? Yeah, but then like it kind of drops it. I yeah, feel like like it kind of resolves that within thirty minutes, and then it's just like okay, well, now we're doing World War Two. Oh, now we're done. Yeah, like, that's true. It's kind of like <laughs> what is a hero, and it's like a skinny boy who can't fight, fighting anyway. Yeah, it's inside you, and then like there's another hour left. Yeah, <laughs> it's know? inside you, but also we made you strong as hell. <laughs> Yeah. So that does matter a little bit. Yeah. The steroids that you take kind of are important also. You were a hero the whole time, but we made you a viable one. <laughs> yeah. Also, the shield is really cool. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and so from there, like they started experimenting in different genres, right? They yeah. uh, Before they were all kind of like sci-fi fantasy action. Well, thing. and they also had to move beyond the fact that they had, a, they were just doing origin stories. Yeah. You yeah. know, like finally it's like, okay, so many of these super movies, they spend, you know, 75% of the runtime becoming the hero that right. they're supposed to be. And then you watch like one action scene at the end where they are the hero you paid to see. Right. You know? And then when you have like these sequels, it's like, okay, well, they already established as those. So now we have to like, now it's like, okay, now what? Right. Like, what, what challenges them now? Because they have superpowers and they've kind of mastered them at the end of the last one. Mm-hmm. So how do they go and use those? Right. So I think that's where it becomes more ambitious. It forces you to get more creative with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a limitation now yeah. on what uh, they're... There's a limitation on what you can do, but there also are no limits at the same time. Yeah. It's it's a really weird spot to be in. And for the most part, like these sequels are better than the originals, I mm-hmm. think. Um well, well, Thor's great. Um the first Thor is really good. Uh I personally I this one's kind of this is probably the most divisive MCU movie. I really like Iron Man 3. Um, I think it gives him interesting stuff to do as a character. I think there's great action scenes in it that use the Iron Man suits really creatively. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one of my, probably my favorite action sequence in the MCU uh, 
you know, I know there's probably the best ones have been the ones by the Russos, definitely. Yeah. But my favorite is in Iron Man 3 when he has the suit that kind of like can home to him, but he can only get like one leg and one arm. Yeah. No, I think that's great. It's really good. Um, I think the only thing that hurts that movie is the villain reveal. I think mm-hmm. the movie gets so deflated at that point. I really like that, but I know most people don't. Um, I think that movie has aged better because... At the time when you watched it, it was like, this is conceivably the last Iron Man movie. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you're watching a movie where he gets his butt kicked. He's not in a suit very much. Mm -hmm. He has shitty suits that blow up like instantly (laughs) the entire time. And it didn't feel right as a, as a send-off to his character that way. Right. But since then, we've got a bunch of movies where he's still the hero and the star. Mm -hmm. And so it hurts a little less that his last singular movie had like that situation right. going but on. all that stuff is great like as like as far as like doing stuff to a character like yeah. he goes through the ringer in that movie which mm-hmm. is not something i had remembered and it's so necessary to see the tony we see now yeah like at going through like his house gets destroyed and like dealing with the ptsd of avengers it's a phase two movie it's a bigger risk right mm-hmm. but then they start taking bigger risks in their um origin stories with the exception of dr strange they start taking well although that's like some mystical psychedelic crap that people really had to buy into yeah, yeah, yeah. um but like guardians of the galaxy was a hard sell yeah and it they man did they sell it mm. um you know just I, I don't know i don't know what it is about that movie i can't really explain it because i don't like it very much but it hit a nerve with some people well i think they've done like a good job over the last 10 years preparing people for all the weird crap that they have planned. yeah like They've done a good job inoculating people. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it kind of is. Um, and so I think that's a big part of it as well. Um, but then also the goodwill from their other movies extends toward the weird ideas that they have also. That's true. Um, and also in addition to the weird new origin stories they're doing, they're doing, they're kind of just skipping the origin stories now with characters, which I think is good. Yeah. You know, we have Spider-Man and we have Black Panther both of whom appear in Civil War and kind of have an origin-ish. Yeah. Like, this discuss briefly. Right. But, like, then they go and have their standalone, and we've already got that out of the way, and they can just go and be the superheroes that we paid to see. Right. And, like, Spider-Man is a really easy one to do that with, because yeah. we've seen it, like, three times now. Right. But Black Panther was a hard, It's not a hard sell, but it's a less familiar character. Yeah. And the way the Russos handled it was great, mm-hmm. I thought. Um, it was a great setup to... To his his own movie, which, you know, is one of the most interesting yeah. ones. It's not one of the best ones, necessarily, but it's one of the most interesting ones. Um, and one of the ones that feels like it's about something. Yes. Like, Marvel's really good at making these things about something when it wants to be. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're just super cool action movies, and sometimes it's like, think about some stuff. Yeah. Like... <laughs> you know, like, I feel like it's it's almost this 80-20 or 90-10, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Phase three seems like 80, 20 of like, Hey, let's have some fun with this. And just like, okay, we're going to have a sit down. Yeah. Like we're going to talk. Yeah. Um, well, you know, what's also helped with that is, um, the directors they've chosen. Yeah. They're getting really bold with some of their choices. Yeah. Which I think is good. Yeah. And they're kind of letting them flex their muscle. They're taking risks. Um, not always great ones, but yeah. Like they're still taking risks. Yeah. Like Thor Ragnarok is a huge risk to give Taika Waititi mm-hmm. like unproven, not an unproven director. He's shown he's great at comedy, but unproven in this space and like he made a, he did a good job on those action sequences, man. Yeah. Like they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't like that movie very much, but No, I don't like it either, but he, he did a good job making a Marvel movie mm-hmm. that like looks cool and that reflects his style and like, sensibility. Yeah, yeah, they're the the direct the, the longer we 
go on with these things, the more we see people's style reflected yeah, in them. Yeah, in the beginning, we didn't have that. Yeah. And that was a pretty common knock against it. Yeah. Except Branna and Thor. Yeah, that one you saw his influence for sure. Yeah, because it had to be. Yeah. It had to be. that. That's the movie that starts the goodwill towards the weird stuff. Yes. If the Asgard stuff doesn't work, it falls apart. Right. Um. So, uh, to not to delay this any further about this one. So, Mike, give me maybe, like... Your favorites from, uh, like, one favorite from each phase, and then what your least favorite kind of overall is. So my favorite from each phase, phase one, I like uh, Thor the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, phase two, I like Winter Soldier the most. Um, phase three, I like Civil War the most. Wait, okay. is, is Civil War part of phase three? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. all right, I was making sure. So Yes, that's probably how it goes. Yeah, mine, uh, we're the same on the first two, and then yeah. I think my favorite phase three is Infinity War. Okay. Um, although Civil War is pretty good, too. Uh, so what's your least favorite of these things? Um, least favorite? Well, Iron Man 2 is probably phase one, for phase one. Yeah. Uh, maybe Captain America. I, I really like the first half of Captain America, but I really dislike the second half of it. Oh, okay. Um, phase 2? Oh, crap. I'm trying to think. I mean, I didn't really like Guardians of the Galaxy that much. It's probably mm-hmm. around there. Iron I mean, Man 3. Iron Man 3 is kind of weaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also... I don't know. That's probably it for that. And then phase three, probably Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. Not because it's, like, bad. It's just very generic. Yeah. Yeah, I think my least favorite phase one is Iron Man 2 Mm. or Incredible Hulk. Incredible Hulk's pretty bad. It's real boring. Yeah, I actually haven't seen it all the way through, so I can't say that one. Yeah, it's... Man, it's such a nothing... That movie should take 30 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um... It, yeah, Incredible Hulk. And that's my least favorite of them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, phase two, I don't like Guardians very much. I feel like I'm missing a phase two movie. Maybe not. Oh, Thor the Dark World's not great. I actually don't have as much of a problem with it as some people. There's like good stuff in it. Yeah, but it, it doesn't add up. Yeah, it just is... It's kind of like a placeholder. Yeah, there's good, like, all the family stuff is really good in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the villain is not. <laughs> but yeah, the villain's not good, and the overarching story isn't very good. Yeah. But, like, the, the Loki-Thor stuff is is crazy. That's one of the other things I want to touch on. It's nuts how fully formed Hiddleston comes into the role of Loki and Thor. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. It He's so good right yes. out the gate. It's ridiculous. Um, and then... Phase three, I think my least favorite is Thor Ragnarok. It's so jokey and like, yeah, it's so at odds with itself. It just trips over its own feet constantly. And the jokes are good. Like the yeah, jokes oh, yeah. make me laugh. Mm-hmm. I, I laughed a lot when we watched it. And I'm still like on my official, like quote, official ranking. It's like my 15th favorite, yeah. <laughs> you know, out of, out of 19 now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the jokes are really funny. Like Korg's a great character. He's a great comic relief character, but they just put a joke at so many points that it just squashes any of the dramatic stuff. Yeah. And my favorite stuff about Thor is that he's, it's so like dramatic you know like mm-hmm. that it's so like shakespearean because of the, the branagh touch right yeah it's this the the first two were a branagh uh were kenneth branagh and then game of thrones director and that's the tone i think thor should have right it's this 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 the the struggles of nobility yeah essentially um 
And Thor Ragnarok just kind of is like, I don't know, Conan the Barbarian. Like yeah, the parody of it. Yeah. Like, like we know this is a joke and we're just going to act like it is constantly. Yeah. Which was too much. Yeah. It's like way too self-aware about that almost. Yeah, it is. Which sucks because Taika Waititi directed like one of my top five favorite comedy movies of all time mm-hmm. in What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. Movie's great. As a matter of fact, Thor Ragnarok, I read an interview while I was watching these movies, that the original cut of this movie was a hundred minutes long. Mm-hmm. This movie's two hours and ten minutes, man. It went from a hundred minutes to two hours and ten minutes. That's insane. Yeah. I want to see the hundred minute cut of this movie because I feel like it's better. I have a feeling you're right. I feel like it's a lot better. And he, the interview I read with him, he was like, well, you don't want it to go on too long. So I don't know what the hell happened mm-hmm. <laughs> between that interview and I don't know if, because people freaked out over test footage of it. And I think they made him pat it. Yeah. Well, because I think they wanted, they wanted to give people more of what they liked in the original right. cut. And I think that was a mistake because yeah. I think that made it way too much of a comedy. Yeah. And in fact, I would probably go and say that, that might be my least favorite. I mean, it's a debate between like, okay, it was a movie that I, I really like, but I also kind of despise in, in mm. Ragnarok. Right. Versus a movie that I just thought was bland. Right. Which was Doctor Strange. Right. So that's the thing is like the, the dramatic stuff that happens with Thor in that movie is great. Yeah. Like the him ascending to the throne of Asgard mm-hmm. and trying to figure out like that the, the legacy he's entering into maybe not be the legacy he knew it was mm. um and then like the redemption arc of loki in that movie which pays off so good in this movie yeah. um that we're about to talk about and there's like really good all the dramatic stuff is great all the jokes are great but they just like keep smashing into each other and like pinballing off each other in really bad ways yeah um whereas i think this is a good segue into something like infinity war <laughs> yeah actually it is a good segue which is really funny yeah and really serious and completely balances like mm-hmm. we're, we'll talk about that theme of balance in the in the movie completely is so well balanced between the two tones of that it's one of the best like movies i've seen handle humor and dramatic moments in a really serious long epic thing maybe ever yeah <laughs> um just the, the humor of that movie is great the dramatic stuff is really good, and they don't get in the way. Yeah, it's not like water and wine, or I don't know water and oil. It. Water and oil, like that. They they don't they don't like ruin it, right? <laughs> like basically, right. And so, so you know, all all roads lead to this. Uh, it's Infinity War, and Thanos is like getting the Infinity Stones, yeah. and we're familiar with them. And he's just he's just effing up the Marvel universe. Like that mm. is the plot of the movie. Yeah. Is, Thanos just bones everyone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, that's, that's, it's three hours of Thanos just wrecking fools. Mm-hmm. That's the plot, man. Yeah. Like, that's all I can give you about the plot is mm-hmm. he's just, he's after the stones and he's just, they, you know, the Russos called it a smash and grab, uh, heist movie. And it, like, it is heavy on the smash. Yeah. Uh, it is the least subtle heist I think I've ever seen. It's not this elaborate plan. It's like, I'm going to show up and punch everyone till I get the stone. Yeah. And then it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's deathly serious. It's a really dire movie. It's a really dark movie. It's unlike Marvel in the sense that stuff happens to these characters like really bad stuff happens to these characters mm-hmm. um you know we open on the asgardian ship from thor ragnarok split in half 
and everyone's dead. Yeah. Like, <laughs> everyone's dead. Heimdall gets stabbed through the heart. Mm-hmm. Hulk gets his butt kicked by Thanos in a fist fight. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah, and cool CQC fight. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Loki gets choked to death in front of Thor. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, li- legit to death. I, I don't think that fool's coming back. Yeah, he's dead. He's so dead. There's nowhere else to take his character yeah. anyway. Yeah, his arc was done at the end of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, but seeing how it pays off with, like, the way... Yeah. Loki, Loki, like redeems himself and like how he stays true to that redemption in this movie, mm-hmm. and the way he goes out is really good. Yes, it's so good. And I figured he would die in this movie. Mm-hmm. He was kind of my number one. Like him and Captain America are kind of my 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 two. Like they're gone for good. Yeah. Um, and I think Cap's dying in the next one. Yeah. I think Tony might die in the next one too. I think so too. Um, but. Loki was like top of the list for me. I just didn't know it would be the first thing that happens in the movie. Yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah, this movie has like major balls just like killing him off within like 10 minutes. Yeah. So uh, before we get into like the nitty gritty of it, Mike, what did you think of Infinity War? So I'm going to just go and preface it with the fact that I prefer the, sol- the smaller scale movies with the smaller casts. I mean, I think that's probably reflected in Winter Soldier being my favorite. I mean, there's a lot of mcu characters in it but since then they've gotten even bigger mm-hmm. and um at the end of the day the focus was still on captain america um and, same with civil war yeah and, and same with civil war civil war kind of blew up the cast a little bit bigger but right. it's still really just about captain america and tony for the most part right and bucky yeah and bucky and so um this one you know we have 30 million main characters in it. right and that's not really my thing yeah i'll be honest like i want to see kind of a more focused storyline on one character and go through his arc um, so given the premise of something that I'm not completely fine with, but whatever, this movie does about as damn good of a job as it could <laughs> yeah. of balancing all those characters and still giving them little moments to shine and still kind of having a point, um, that could be fleshed out a little bit better, but we don't know yet exactly what the point is yet mm-hmm. because we haven't seen the second half. So this movie's a little hard for me to evaluate completely just because there's a part two out there. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I don't know what the final result of all of this is. Right. Um, that being said, I was really, really like immensely entertained by this movie. Um, it has a lot of great moments and character interactions and the mm-hmm. pairings that they choose in it are fantastic. So good. Yeah. And they play off each other really well. Um, and the action scenes are fantastic. And they finally deliver on like this comic book action mm-hmm. that you know they are capable of. But like now you're finally seeing it on screen. Because let's face it, like. A lot of Marvel movies had really crappy action, mm. with the exception of the Russo's other right. movies. Like, I mean, Iron Man 1, it's literally, he just gets, like, his butt kicked, and they fly into space, and they freeze their suits, right. and they crash. Like, it was, like, super lame. Like, right. So this one, finally, there's some cool stuff that happens there on that front. And um, it added up to a movie that I really enjoyed. But I can't say where I place it completely yet, just because I feel like I need to see the, the conclu- conclusion to all of it. Okay. So that's where I'm at. Okay. I so I've seen this movie twice now because yeah. I wanted to see it twice before we recorded because it's a lot. Yeah, it's so this movie's two hours and forty minutes, mm-hmm. and it might be the fastest two hours and forty minutes I've ever spent in a theater. Yeah, it's better paced than I would say even Dark Knight. 
which oh, is yeah. a movie I love mm-hmm. and is about 20 minutes shorter and feels longer than this movie. Both t- it felt shorter the second time I saw it, which I've never had happen to. Yeah, me. that's weird. It fe- like I don't know, man. There's something about this movie that they nailed the pacing on. Oh, for sure. It's man. crazy. That being said, the structure of this thing is bonkers. Yeah. It works. Mm-hmm. But holy moly, I can't believe this is how a Marvel movie is structured. Yeah. Um, it is just, I mean, it, there's they're done with character interactions or character introductions in this movie. Like, you got to know who these people are or mm-hmm. you're not watching this movie correctly. Which I like. Um, because you've had 10 years. Yeah. You know, it, it's been 10 years. If you don't know who these people are by mm-hmm. now, eh. That's a little bit on you. Yeah. Right. And I, you know, there's, there, I've, I've seen some pushback on that of like, well, they should have given us a sense of these characters. And it's like, they have for 10 years. And it's like, well, casual film goers won't know that. And my rebuttal to that is casual film goers are the ones seeing all these movies. Yeah. I mean, where do you think like these billion dollar box offices came from? So the casual movie goer knows exactly who yeah. they are. Well, I mean, here's the, but I think that's demonstrating the issue that some people have with this, which is you can't completely evaluate this based off of normal film criteria mm-hmm. like this isn't a movie that really stands well on its own no uh, i mean and frankly it's it's you have 20 plus movie or 20 movies almost um of act one this right. is kind of act two right and then next summer's act three right and so that's very weird to go and comprehend and wrap your mind around right. and so because of that yes it's kind of unfulfilling from the ending standpoint and also from the beginning standpoint it's like it's giving you nothing to work with right it is the most in media res movie ever yeah (laughs) yeah like i mean there's 20 uh, you know 17 18 movies of homework that you have to do to get into this right but most people have done it at least once right you know like i went the extra mile i got extra credit on it Mm -hmm. by you know watching all of them and I'm glad I did because it really, like, helped me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even if you haven't, I, like, if, if you've seen them once, you can understand what's happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that's um, where I'm at with most of them. Yeah. And, you know, so I I don't think that's too much to ask. You know, I don't think I don't think 18 movies in 10 years is... I mean, I know it's a lot of the same thing, but 18 big summer blockbustery movies mm-hmm. in 10 years, that's a... that's That are pretty good. That are pretty good and, like... Or, you know, generate the water cooler conversation, mm. as it were. That's not a tall order. That's, you know, people people are going to see, see them, yeah. you know. I think certainly 10 years ago, that's risky. But, you know, 10 years in, it's not a risk at all. Um, and it, like I said, it's kind of on people, like, for not if they don't know who these characters are mm-hmm. or what they're doing now. Yeah. Um, so... That being said, it's so it's just right out the gate of like, hope you saw Thor Ragnarok or else you don't know what this is at all. Yeah. And then uh, we go to Earth and Tony and like Hulk gets sent back to Earth. He tells Doctor Strange Thanos is coming. Doctor Strange goes and gets Tony Stark and Tony Stark's like, oh, crap, this is like what I've been thinking about mm. for, you know, six years now. And they face off with Ebony Maw, who is a member of like the children of Thanos uh, who's great, he's by the way. Super cool. <laughs> he's so cool. One of my favorite, like, henchmen in mm. kind of any of these things. Yeah. Definitely in a Marvel movie, but in, like, 
in recent memory, one of the best henchmen I think I've seen. He felt like a, like a cool Sith Lord kind of type character yeah yeah or like a dragon ball z this movie feels Uh, like dragon ball z yeah a lot like a lot um which is weird because i don't like dragon ball z and i do yeah all right any dragon balls shut up nerds um and uh i really like this movie a lot um but so we we see that and and spider-man comes and helps them they end up on ebony ma's ship where he's trying to get the time stone from dr strange and then thanos is like going through the galaxy trying to get stuff yeah. from the, like the rest of the, the stones that are in space. Mm-hmm. And then um, we have on earth, the heroes trying to protect the stones that are on earth, which are the time stone and the mind stone and vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sent the, they're called the black order or the children of Thanos to go and help him locate them on earth. So there's a lot going on. And then like, Thor, after his initial encounter with Thanos, meets the Guardians of the Galaxy, and then he breaks off into a subgroup of himself and Rocket and Groot, going to make a new weapon because his hammer got destroyed in Thor Ragnarok, and then the Guardians end up meeting up with uh, Stark and Strange and Spider-Man on Thanos' home planet, um, and then Captain America and Black Panther and Black Widow and Vision, and, Vision and like that whole group are going to Wakanda um to hide vision or to at least give him like some sort of defense while shuri who's you know we've established in the last one is a technical genius mm-hmm. removes the mind stone from him without having to compromise his sentience yeah um essentially and and so there's this big showdown on what at wakanda there's this big showdown on thanos's home planet and then um there's this big showdown within thor <laughs> um <laughs> to uh to uh, to make a new weapon and and kind of reconcile all the tragedy he's seen since mm-hmm. he's like become part of this world of heroes and uh then thanos kills a bunch of them and that's the movie yeah <laughs> um Woo. and like thanos is running around grabbing these stones he murders G- gamora to get the soul stone uh red skull's there now for some reason mm-hmm. um not played by hugo weaving mm-hmm. but the guy was pretty good he was great yeah ross marquand i didn't know it was him and then i found out and i was like oh that makes sense yeah. <laughs> um yeah, and and it's it's really satisfying, really dark, really epic, and like in the like in the Greek sense of the word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like literally epic, not like this weird nerd dilution of the word. It feels like like the Odyssey. Yeah, it feels or like the Iliad. Yeah, the it Iliad. feels, dude. It feels like Homer. Yeah, the, the whole time I was watching yeah. this, I was like, this is a Greek thing. And there's this there's this idea behind superheroes that I kind of dismiss um with like a, a fart noise and a jerk off motion which is like oh there there are modern greek myths right the, i hate that crap yeah this movie delivers on it more than anything i've ever seen oh yeah definitely and the thing is like ultron age of ultron tries real hard to deliver on it yeah. but it's so stupid and on the nose mm. that um oh that's a bad phase two movie yeah <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i didn't really didn't really get into it but true um <laughs> So, but Ultron goes so far as to have like a marble statue yeah. at the over, over the closing credits of the heroes fighting Ultron. Oh, like, yeah, it goes so that. hard for the Greek thing mm-hmm. that it's stupid. Yes, this movie does it effortlessly. It, like, man, it feels so epic and like it feels like God smashing against each other and mm-hmm. like ruining stuff. Yeah. Well, 
and mortals. You know, because that's mm-hmm. the big thing about Homer is that right. the gods were fighting, and then they're also kind of using the humans and mortals mm-hmm. to go and further their schemes as well. Yeah, and you see that interplay between you know the people like uh, Black Widow and Tony who. Are are, are, I mean, Steve Rogers, mm-hmm. who aren't like a superpowers in comparison to Thor, but they're all caught up in these games too against these creatures. Yeah. So um, that, I think this like this this level of scale that expanded with this movie that fits the Homeric epic analogy better than what Age of Ultron was trying yeah, to do. Yeah, for sure. It like, I was like, oh, this is a really mm-hmm. fun, sad, entertaining action movie yeah. that is a like homeric like that feels like greek mythology it feels like i'm reading an epic poem Mm -hmm. right now um and you know what's the other thing about like the homeric epics it's like kind of didn't usually bother to set up people yeah it's just like this person yeah it's like you already you already knew who zeus was Mm -hmm. or athena or odysseus or whatever and so it's just like this is what these guys did yeah and that's it and so like that's also another part of the analogy that works better in this movie than anything yeah I agree. And there's like some biblical stuff in there for good measure that works really nicely. Um, This is not my observation. This is, I believe his name is Sean. I don't know his last name from, oh gosh, I want to say it's superhero news on YouTube. Mm. Um, Someone sent me a link to their review and told me to watch it. And I did. And he brought up that it's the, opposite of the creation story it's the decreation myth basically yeah with the six stones and the final shot is him resting over his good creation yeah looking out over paradise and i was like oh crap (laughs) good point whoa (laughs) wow and he even you know sacrifices a child yeah um and so with this movie, um, there's so much, man. There's so much to talk about. I think. So what didn't work for you? Okay. Um, well, with the, with the idea that there are a bunch of characters in this movie, mm. there are some character arcs that get very short shrift. Or yes. There are are no character arcs for some people that could happen in the next right that could be rectified in the next one i will go and say that however that leads to the other issue which is that you know you're having to evaluate this movie without really seeing the next one and so i it feels like my criticism has to be held off on some things which is frustrating right um and then you know you are going to deal with the other aspect of things which is um, some of the permanence of the deaths um, yeah. that happen at the end, um, you know, aren't going to stick. Yeah. And is that necessarily a problem per se? No, because for the the characters, they're experiencing them and those are real. Right. And what, how they're going to react to them is going to be real. Right. And but, also they're all acted fantastically. Yes. <laughs> right. And, and like, you know, if what the rumors are saying possibly about the next one are true, that it kind of has a time skip or something mm-hmm. like that. You're going to have even more repercussions about how the world's changed since then. And So yeah. if I can interrupt you, Go ahead. I want a super dry. <laughs> this is not a thing that's going to yeah. happen. I'm the only person who wants this. I want a really dry mockumentary in between these two installments yeah. that is just about the 
economic fallout regarding yeah. this. <laughs> um, I, like, what? It's like, like a socio-political like, thing. Yeah. It's just like, how did all these countries deal with like half the population disappearing? Right. Yeah, like, yeah. what did life insurance do? <laughs> did it, the bottom had to have fallen out of yeah, it. like, what's the government like? You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, did the president disappear? <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, I want like a World War Z. Yeah. Um, I want like a 10-part Netflix documentary. Right. which is like average Joes. Right. You know? <laughs> Know, with yeah. just like analysts yeah <laughs> um like like the book world war z is that it's yeah. it's so not a zombie thing it is a socio-political yeah. analysis of what would happen like, what happened to like and the it, average family that had like a kid and yeah. like their one of the parents died or like you know just yeah. became a dust thing yeah and, yeah or like what happened to hollywood you yeah. know like what do they still making movies yeah <laughs> or is, is there like or to, to take the world war z thing was there just like some extravagant hollywood party that was happening that just yeah. like half the people went away from <laughs> yeah. like um and i want they care yeah and i want i want that like yeah. that's what i want to happen between these two yeah. movies um anyway uh go ahead um okay what else um you know we're having to deal with the fact also that um sometimes i feel like the fact that we're coming in in media res with some of this stuff means that uh, we're not getting a lot of things properly set up in, or in terms of yeah, the character introduction is not just that, but also just um, the action scenes and the stakes move very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I'm, for example, when I'm seeing um, these people display new superpowers a lot, like there's all these superpowers I've never seen before being busted out by like Iron Man and Doctor Strange and all that stuff. Oh yeah. It kind of felt like sometimes the action scenes didn't have stakes because of it. Mm-hmm. Because it, you, you're like, all right, well, they're just going to bust something else out of their ass that's like super awesome and they'll survive mm-hmm. now. And so like fights to me kind of ended arbitrarily almost. Okay. I was like, okay, well we have about a five minute fight. This is about it. Like let's mm-hmm. just wrap it up and now these guys disappear. Thanos goes in his little portal and gets away or whatever and so to me that kind of robbed a little bit of the action scenes of their impact um also one other thing that slightly bothered me was there's a lot of repetition in terms of this guy's about to be killed and then like other guy comes out of nowhere to save him like this happens like probably 20 times yeah and obviously it's a consequence of there being 30 characters so yeah there's going to be probably that logically happening anyway but it was a little too much playing on your emotion a little Mm -hmm. bit there's other stuff, but I mean, we can get into the deeper dive things. I'm just thinking right. of like things that come to the top of my head right now. Yeah. Um, there's not a, the Wakanda stuff kind of doesn't work for me at all. It's, it gets introduced very late. Yeah. It gets introduced very late and it's just really truncated. It seems like yeah. it almost seems like there should be a three hour cut of this movie that spends 20 extra minutes in Wakanda. If yeah. not, I'm mean, like maybe 10, honestly, maybe 10, but, um, I, like, I don't know, just like, after the way black panther did Mm. he's not in it very much and then he gets raptured at the end and he doesn't have like a really great moment of like awesomeness yeah like the closest he comes is like screaming wakanda forever which still works because chadwick's great in the role Uh, but that's it man like mbaku's cooler in this movie than black panther is (laughs) yeah that's actually very true Um, uh well okoye or whatever is kind of cooler than he is yeah 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 she gets a better action sequence than he does yeah she gets that super dope fight scene with black Black widow yeah and uh the the female member of the black order and uh who else is there there's one other person. It's Scarlet Witch and... Yeah, Scarlet Witch is there. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway. Um, and like the... I don't know. The action on that sequence is... It was better the second time, but the first time I saw it, I was like, this is kind of 
bad. Like, mm-hmm. it's really close, but it's this huge on-the-field battle. Yeah. And so it was really confusing to me. It wasn't, like... It was just a confusing choice to me of, like, why would you have this, like, Lord of the Rings-looking battle happen about two inches away from everyone? Yeah, well, I think the part of it is because this is one of my bigger complaints. You don't have, like, a really good sense of how the universe is reacting to these events. Mm -hmm. So even when there's a big battle going on, the camera and the direction is focused on just the heroes and Mm -hmm. not, like, the average Joe, like, army people who are fighting Mm -hmm. any situation. Oh, I see. You know, and I think that, like, the most chilling moment kind of to me was actually the after credit scene where like you saw Nick Fury and it's really good and uh, Maria Hill like driving and then like all the chaos is happening with people disappearing and you're seeing yeah. the effect on the real world and that to me is something I wish that the movie had leaned more in I on. wanted more of that when the heroes were were turning into ash as well yeah um, I wanted to see them seeing how like average people yeah. are being affected yeah. by this. I think that's why I want that 10 part Netflix documentary, yeah. right? Like I want to see how this affects the world at large, mm-hmm. not just the superheroes. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, a lot. Of, that's kind of it for me. Like, I don't think it's a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination, but as far as like what works versus what doesn't way more of this thing works than doesn't. Oh yeah. Way more. Um, so to, to kind of gush a little bit more about it, like, I think Thanos is a great character. Weirdly, I... Okay, that's probably going to get into one of my other... I, I think, well, I I don't know. Okay, I'll take that back. Yeah. I think Josh Brolin plays Thanos really great. Yes, I agree um, with that. His motivation makes sense. Yeah. But it's not an... It's, we need more of it. We need There's, we need more time with it. Right. I think it makes, it makes enough sense to work, mm-hmm. but it doesn't like Killmonger is still better to me as yeah. far as a villain although it's cool to see them meet their match physically yes absolutely so um my problem with him is that he doesn't have a very relatable human motivation like mm-hmm. I I mean okay obviously there's Thomas Malthus right a guy right. who thought that like you know the population is going to lead to there's the overpopulation right. we need to cull people and all this stuff that's something that's a real world concept Right. However, the idea that we need to go and just like kill half of all people randomly is not something that's like super human right. relational driven. Right. And so it's very abstract. Yeah, especially where we are as a species, like yeah. where where humanity is. Like right now, we're kind of looking at that issue and being like, "Well, we'll go to the moon or Mars." Like, right? Because there, there is not life on other planets, mm-hmm. um, as far as we know, at least the ones we've explored, right? Uh, or life in the sense of like, you know, sentient beings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really a problem for us, right? Well, and these movies themselves, the Marvel movies, they've shown that people are colonizing other worlds. You know, mm-hmm. with the Guardians of the Galaxy, obviously, people are right. in space and they're expanding. So, like. Why is overpopulation necessarily a problem? Like right. it just seems like to me, you just go move to another planet, and these, there are civilizations within these movies that have demonstrated that it works. Right. So then you're having a guy saying like, "No, we need to go and randomly kill people to go and save all of sentient life." It's like, huh? I don't really. I think get that. once again, I think that there's there's enough in there for me to move past it. I get yeah. that. I think the the idea of it being very personal by seeing it on his own planet uh-huh. helps a lot. Yes. Um, but I once again, I think there needs to be a flashback sequence like the one we get with him adopting Gamora. Right. Of him like, I don't like that he just tells Doctor Strange that. Yes. I want to see a flashback where he goes to the council. Like, I want to see like a, 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 a Superman, mm-hmm. right? Like we see in Superman 
when General Zod goes to the High Council of L, right. I think that's what it's called. Nerds, correct me. Um, I know I told you to shut up about Dragon Ball Z, but correct <laughs> me on that one. And it's like, hey, this. And he's like, no, spirit, like, uh, whatever, Phantom Zone. Yeah. Um, Which I think that works very well for his character. He's like, yeah, he's a crazy person, but at least I'll like, I kind of understand his motivation. Then. Yeah, yeah. I think we needed a moment of him talking to other, interacting with other people on his planet and about apparently this there problem. was one and they cut it, which I think was oh, a bad move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that one... Really? Yeah. That's confusing, man. Right. That is a weird choice. Yeah. Because it needs to be in there. Absolutely. Um... Well, especially because when you read the interviews with the the Russos, they go and say that Thanos is the main character. Right. And so you need to kind right. of understand where he's coming from then to really justify him being the quote-unquote main character. Yeah. I... Yeah, I... Man, that's really weird. I did not know that. Yeah. Huh. Uh-huh. You know, what you said, though, yes, you you know enough to kind of make it work. Mm-hmm. But, like, it would have solidified him as the main character then. Yes, I agree. Because um, I don't that. feel that he's the main character. No, I don't movie. either. I feel like at the end of it, you still feel like Iron Man. Yeah. And, yeah. and Thor and Doctor yeah. Strange kind of and, yeah. and Spider-Man are. Yeah. So the, the, the one of the things I actually like the... I, I, I am critical of it, but I also kind of like it. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I'm I'm kind of at odds with is Captain America in this movie. Yeah, I think I know we're gonna go with this. I don't like that he doesn't have that much of a story in this. Yes, but I do like that the Russos are ignoring him to like tell the stories of some of these other people that they right. haven't told the story of twice. Mm-hmm. Is that where you thought I was gonna go with it? Yes, well, because especially the ones who who disappear at the end of this movie, because that right. way Captain America is gonna be probably the more of the focus. Than the yes, next one. I agree. Yes, um, and so like I really like kind of where this is headed. Yes, um, with Tony and Cap reconciling, obviously mm. it's gonna happen. And the original the Avengers still being mostly right. Alive. I like that a lot yes. actually. Of like, okay, let's reunite the mm-hmm. the six originals, make them fight for it, make them really like. Send them off, because this is going to be their last time together, yeah. for sure. But send them off as, like, regrouping, you mm-hmm. know, because otherwise they didn't have a very satisfying arc over these, you know, 23 movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I kind of like the, 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 the way they picked and choose who to focus on in this one and kind of who you see might be the main players in the next one. It gives you something to look forward to yeah. without feeling like they're laying pipe. You know, mm-hmm. um, that leads a little bit though to the sense of a little unfulfillment with this one, though. So, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, I had something else. Uh, oh, I really like the characters that do actions. Like, I don't know, I don't know how to how to describe this, but I like the characters that. Uh, the screenwriters chose to execute certain things. Everything feels very either in character yes. or very satisfying when that. a character does something. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know this is this is definitely a someone's about to get killed, but someone else. I really love that moment where Vision kind of gets one last breath and like stabs that guy from the Black Order and kills yeah. him. I re- I thought that was really satisfying. I think it was really smart to do that rather than having something like Scarlet Witch or Bucky or someone do that. Like, it gives Vision, like, a, a good he- moment, yeah, you know? Yeah, right. Especially because she's going to die. <laughs> right. Um, uh, there's another thing that I liked, too. I don't... 
it happens twice in the movie where it's like really satisfying of like oh i'm glad that character is scarlet witch i think killing the the other black order person for example yeah was kind of held up for a lot of the movie right other stuff yeah that's great um there's one i want to say it's in the space stuff yeah um i really like the different tones that the russos nail in this Mm. movie like it shows that they've been paying attention because when Iron Man's on screen, it feels like an Iron Man movie. Like the intro of the Guardians feels so much like yeah. a Guardians movie. They, it's so great. They like, channel Peter Gunn perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Dude, the the freaking um James Gunn. Oh, sorry, yeah. Um <laughs> the like the the joke of the subtitle saying like space is the location. Oh, that was that, so good. That was a good gag. It was yeah. a good gag, and then they got the pop song, they put the rubber band man in there, mm-hmm. which is like a great choice for the Guardians, and then you know, we see them kind of bopping their head along and like, they feel like the guardians, you know? Yeah. And like Dr. Strange feels properly like mystical, like do it. Uh, he's who's sick in this movie, yeah, by the way. Yeah, well, yeah, we need to get into like the MVPs of the movie right, in a second. Right, right. Um, so I, just the way they bounce around between the tones of these, like, you mm. know. And blend them. And blend them, yeah. yeah. It, it, like you said, the way they pair them off is so great. Mm. Just like every pair off works. Even when, you know, I think the Wakanda stuff is the weakest part of the movie, which is weird to me because that's the stuff I was looking most forward to. I know, yeah. Black Panther and, and uh, Captain America. Yeah, like two yeah. of the, my favorite characters yeah, right. from the series. Uh-huh. And they like will probably be great in the next one, but mm. not so much in this one. And then like the stuff I was not looking forward to ended up being outstanding. Yeah. Um, just, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's such a satisfying experience to watch this movie, man. Yeah. It really is. Well, and even the characters who make quote unquote dumb decisions, like, you know, everyone's ragging on star Lord. I know, hate uh, that. But to me, it was like that, that was hitting character. Like, yeah, I completely understood why he did what he did. <laughs> yeah. Like, 100%. Um, you know, and yeah, it's dumb, but that's true to who he is. Yeah. You know, it's not like a Luke Skywalker disappears for so many years and is a bum all of a sudden so, pissing me off bullshit. So here's the thing, <laughs> though, is like, it's totally in character to the point where he has a freaking line about it at the beginning of the Titan stuff. Mm-hmm. He tells them not winging it is not something these guys are really used to doing. Yeah. It's right. It's in the text of the movie before it even happens. Like it telegraphs it so nicely for you. They Mm. thought that, yeah. They thought this movie through. They did. They really did. I obviously there's way more Oscar Beatty kind of movies that have great writing. And I understand it, but the tacit Marcus McFeely and then the other guy, I forgot. And there's the Russos in general who worked with them on it had was pretty damn incredible and, and difficult and they balance it so well in terms of justifying things. And I don't feel like it's very contrived, despite no. all of it, which is yeah. crazy to me. Yeah, it's, you know, they, they play really nicely with the idea of balance in this movie as yes. a theme. But it's executed perfectly balanced, mm-hmm. right? Like the, the it, which I like. I like when the text of a movie is so in service to the bigger ideas of the movie. And this movie really feels like it, yeah. right? Thanos' ultimate goal is... If he is, in the writer's intention, the main character of this movie is balance in the universe. Yeah. He talks about it all the time. He shows, he gives Gamora when she's a child, the weapon that's perfectly balanced. This movie is perfectly balanced, I think. Mm -hmm. It doesn't spend too much time with two, you know. With any one character. With any one character, it gives us longer chunks of time with them at the beginning to kind of get used to like, these are the pair offs. These are who we're supposed to be. And then starts compressing them as the movie goes on, which leads Mm. to a really good sense of momentum and pacing and makes it feel not like it's almost three hours long. Um, It's very episodic. And I think that's a really smart way to tell this story. 
Um, the jokes are great. The drama is great, mm-hmm. but they don't get in the way of each other. The perfect moment of that is right when Gamora says, if Thanos gets a hold of me, kill me. They have a moment. And then there's the great Drax like eating the nuts gag. Oh my gag. God, that's such a good gag. It's so funny, man. Yeah. And it's hilarious every time you watch it, yeah. in my experience. Like the second time I saw it, it was just as funny. Um, also, uh, just Batista's great as yeah. Drax, man. He's so good. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um that moment is so i think it's like the perfect microcosm of the movie of like it lets the moment land it has its weight yeah but it still has fun with it it keeps it light it's light mm-hmm. on its feet you know it knows what it's doing yeah. it's a movie that knows what it's doing yeah um, it has purpose behind yeah it. yeah um, it's it's motivated and then also i had like some qualms with it initially after, the, after i just walked out of it and i felt like i liked it but the movie kind of wasn't like about much but now i'm kind of like well the heroes they refuse to make sacrifices, mm-hmm. and in the process, they end up having to make a pretty damn big sacrifice, yeah. and they lose kind of because of it. Yeah. Um, and the bad guy is willing to make sacrifices, and he wins. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I wonder how they're gonna play that in the next one. Like, what's what's right. the ultimate statement gonna be about that? Because obviously, yeah. you want to go and say that, like, um, you know, that saving other people is worth it. So how mm-hmm. are they going to go and justify the ending of this one with yeah. that? Yeah. It would be interesting to see where that goes. Yeah, it's it's one of the that's one of the reasons why I I I don't I'm not really buying into the it's all reversible thing. Mm. Yes, it is. Mm. I don't think they're going to reverse every single death. I think there are going to be major character deaths, not the people who have sequels, obviously. Right. Like it's obvious those people are coming back. But I think like we're going to see some major characters die. I think that a lot of the major characters we saw die in this are going to stay dead with maybe the exception of Gamora. Yeah. Um I think that uh Loki's dead, Heimdall's mm. definitely dead. There's they were not doing anything with that character anyway. Mm. And Idris Elba was probably like, "Yo, I got st- I got yeah. better stuff to do." Like he's <laughs> above that. Um by a lot. Can I do the Bond movies now? <laughs> <laughs> um you know, I think uh, Hiddleston is outgrown. I, I think yeah. I don't think he's outgrown the role, but I think they brought that arc to a good to conclusion. Go There's him. nowhere to go with him. Yeah. Hiddleston's he's such a household name now. It's not like he needs this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think. <laughs> hey, can I do James Bond? Now? <laughs> 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 That's hilarious. <laughs> um, now you're absolutely right, though, and. And you know there's going to be sacrifices made in the next one right. in order to bring these people back. Right. Um, so, yeah, the people who die at the end of the movie are probably not gone for good. But some of them might be. I could see a few of them not coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even Vision, I think, is dead. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think there's going to be that. But that leads you into the problem, and this is what the film critic Hulk piece kind mm-hmm. of was about, which is you're constantly kind of being promised world-changing consequences, and then it's kind of like we'll wait until the next one because i remember there was this conversation before civil war where everyone was like oh well tony or captain america one of them's gonna die and then guess what it ended with well none of them are dead and in fact tony like or sorry captain america breaks them all out of prison so it's almost like there was no real consequence i mean there was like they're broken up for sure in this one but um i i kind of get that a little bit so get that a little bit my pushback on that is this movie is not incomplete. Yes. It's not an incomplete movie. It doesn't stand on its own, and we know mm. there's more coming. 
But the MCU could end here. Mm-hmm. It would be a really messed up, not necessarily satisfying ending, but it would be an ending. This yeah. movie has an ending. Yeah, it has an ending for sure. Um, you know, and the ending is the bad guy wins. Mm-hmm. You know, it's maybe not a great ending <laughs> um, mm-hmm. as far as like what you would want out of your story of heroes, but it's an ending. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a devastating ending. You know, if it if they did say this is it, this is the last MCU movie, it would be like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... Um, Even within the context of the movie, as I was, one, watching the characters react to people disappearing in front of them is, like, kind of heart-wrenching. Yeah. Um, with the, especially Spider-Man. Yeah, that like, part was really well done. Tom Holland acted his ass off in that scene. Yeah. And apparently he improv the dialogue in that. Which is pretty impressive. Yeah. But, I mean, Robert Downey Jr., too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and... What I liked about that scene is it started and I don't remember who the first person to disappear was. It was some secondary character mm-hmm. though. And I was like, I think it's Bucky. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But Bucky's not like, he's not a mate. He doesn't have his own movie. Yeah. And then the second person that disappears is freaking Black Panther. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that happened. And I was like, this is some stuff. Like, yeah. Wow. That guy just made $600 million. Yeah. And yeah, he's coming back. And I know that. But like, that's still pretty ballsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that is not a choice any other studio would make, I think, to be like, and I know it was already shot before he made $600 million, yeah. but still. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, this is partially just the curse of us being too involved with knowing how movies are made. Yeah. Because, you know, if I didn't have this knowledge, it'd be pretty devastating. Yeah. Still. Um, so yeah, I mean, what happened there is still impactful and yeah. it matters and you know, how they go about trying, even if they try to, even if they do reverse it, let me say right. that it's still like, it's going to require great costs. Yeah. You know that. Like, yeah. And these writers they haven't been so bad as to make me think that they're just going to make it like, okay, snap, it's over. Like, yeah. 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 You know, like there's going to be a reason behind it. Yeah. Um, you know, one, uh, one slight criticism I guess I'd also give is this movie and part of the MCU, one problem with it is, is that it kind of undoes the themes of the last movies it was, mm. it was doing, which is, so what is like Thor Ragnarok in that? It ends with like Thor being king and he's like going to lead people to a new home. Mm-hmm. How's this movie open up? Uh, well, everyone's dead. Like no one gets a new home. You know right. what I mean? And well, then, it's half. Right. Yeah, I understand. But like he kind of abdicates his responsibility almost and like does his own thing for right. the entire movie. You don't see him actually dealing with being king, right? Sure. And then how does like Black Panther end? It's like we got to go and open ourselves up to the world because that's the right thing to do. And like that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And this movie, what happens when they open themselves up to the world? They get freaking destroyed basically, right? Right. Like it kind of undercuts a little bit of the theme of that movie. And Sometimes I feel like when they're making these movies, they don't really consider what they previously said in the last one. Mm. And I think that kind of undercuts the theme of the standalone movies then, Mm -hmm. the way that they end it. Right. Um, I mean, it's not like, it's it's kind of a larger meta-narrative argument. Yeah, I think Black Panther, it doesn't undercut that theme, though. They're still opening themselves up. It's just now there are consequences. Like, they're having to deal with something they've never had to deal with before. Mm -hmm. But I don't think they're going to be like, well, that's it, closed. (laughs) But but what I'm saying is that the bad guy's argument, or what 
no, I mean, the bad guy's argument, he also wanted to have it opened up for, for a different reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then it's kind of like, to me, that's suggesting, well, maybe they should have just closed themselves off and not interacted with the world. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah, I feel like that's, I, like, that's kind of the implicit argument that you're making almost by showing them get completely wrecked <laughs> and attack them like immediately after they open themselves <laughs> up, right? Yeah, I mean, Okoye has that line of like, well, maybe a Starbucks or the Olympics. Like, no, not like that's this. what I was expecting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, it's a minor thing, but mm-hmm. like, if you're telling a larger story, I would kind of prefer more to have the themes like not get immediately contradicted by the next movie. Right. Um, so that's a more minor thing, but it did kind of bother me a little bit. Yeah. So what what are the highs of this movie? The highest oh, highs of this movie? I, like I, when I was in the car, like driving back because I saw it with my roommate um, uh, from college and we we're just like just barreling down like the list of all like that part was cool. That part was cool. Like all of the jokes were great. Like, yeah, I can't man. Think of too many that were actually flat in the movie. I mean, None, I think. Like the the Drax thing that you met, you mentioned <laughs> so before. Good, man. I mean, but like Tony interacting with like Doctor Strange, I mean, like uh, talking to the Hulk, I mean, like you're embarrassing me in front of the wizards. You know? <laughs> like there's so many things. This when he called that up. dude Squidward. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, obviously, like one of the part that I realized was just like t- Captain America's entrance in the movie. It's which, sick. Which had like a good pop in the yeah, theater that yeah. I was at. Um, Thor coming down with his new hammer slash axe was. That's the other satisfying yes. character moment. I like was Groot becoming the handle of yes. the Stormbreaker. It's so good, mm-hmm. and the way they set it up is so great. Mantis is putting her hand on Thor and like reading him emotionally or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she says he's like angry and anxious and is dealing with a lot. And there's one, it's a split second shot of Groot looking up from his video game. Like mm-hmm. that's how I feel. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's a teenager and like James Gunn said he's Groot's son or whatever, but yeah. like he was born out of death, you know, mm-hmm. like he's still, I would assume he still has all of Groot's memories. They haven't really delved into that, but like, he died, man. Yeah. Like, if, that's got to be some PTSD to d- and some hardcore stuff to deal with when you're, like, a teenager, mm-hmm. even. Like, teenagers are angsty as it is. And then to be like, I remember my past life where I friggin' died, yeah. you know? Um, so I think, like, there's just this real small moment of, like, Groot looking up to Thor mm-hmm. that comes across in that early scene and then pays itself off by him becoming the handle of the Stormbreaker that's really nice. Yes. Also... I love that the dwarves are giant in this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> like, that's such a stupid, like, joke, but it's great. Um, yeah, I mean, Doctor Strange's fight scene against Thanos was sweet. So good. Like, getting into MVPs. I, like, that's a character where I was like, meh, after yeah. the standalone movie. And now I, like, I'm totally on board with like, yeah. Doctor Strange train. Cumberbatch is great in the movie. Yeah, he's, he's really good. super good in it. Mm-hmm. And his chemistry with... Robert Downey Jr. is really good. Yeah. Just like the douchebag off that they're having. Yeah. Because they're like the same guy, basically. basically. Um, <laughs> it's so good. But from like two different sides of the Marvel coin, you got the mystical and then you got the technological right. side. Um, you know, Rocket hanging out with Thor and mm-hmm. like kind of having this weird moment of commiseration between them was nice. That scene is great, man. Mm-hmm. Like Hemsworth is so good in that scene. Yeah. And he's the other MVP of the movie, yeah. which I, he, 
I mean, after Ragnarok, I was like, oh man, that kind of damaged Thor's character a little yeah. bit here. He's just, he's just like quipping all the time. I was like, mm-hmm. Ugh. And then this movie, it brought it right back. Where yeah, he has some funny jokes, but it's more like because he's just kind of fish out of watery. Sometimes yeah, they, it does some good fish out of water stuff, which yeah. I was missing in Thor. Because mm-hmm. um, that's when he's best. Yeah, you know, he's like this mighty god who doesn't like understand like everything always, but like he's got this noble heart mm-hmm. um, and nobility to him that I really like. And yeah, just watching him kind of come into his own and become like a god is yeah. neat in the movie. Um, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. does a good job. He's he, great in this like, one. Yeah, he's really good. Um, his suit is super cool. Yeah, the nano thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a really smart way to take that mm-hmm. uh, tech. Yeah, and like how's getting kind of like blown up and ripped off almost was yeah. cool in his fight. Um, Thanos throwing a freaking planet <laughs> was cool at people. Oh, man. There's just too many cool things in the movie. I mean, it's probably a smaller list of things that are dumb in the movie. Right, right. I Yeah, man. Just every time Doctor Strange did something, I was like, yeah. dope. Uh-huh. Um, just the, and the way they have choreographed the the spell movements are like sweet. Yeah. Like, I, that's hard to do, man, because it's like some goofy stuff that yeah. you have to buy into. And like it looks badass every time they like set up a spell like it looks like oh some some stuff's about to go down yeah you know um and like just the way he uses the various spells and the time stone is yeah. awesome and like his fight scene with thanos is great when or there's I, that whole scene that whole yeah, yeah, yeah. showdown with thanos on titan is the best part it's, of the movie oh yeah as far it's as the I'm highlight concerned. yeah I really love the way that sequence builds with just strange with the time stone around his neck talking to thanos Getting the exposition from it, it's really, really smart because there's, it's exposition heavy, mm-hmm. but there's a second layer on there where Strange is drawing, you know, in the in the text of the movie, he's drawing the exposition out of him. Mm-hmm. In the text of what these characters are going through, he's biding his time looking for a weakness. Yeah. And that's when he finds it. He tells, he tells him, you know, let me guess, this was your home planet. And he uses the reality stone to show him what it looked like before this happened and strange notices oh he closes his fist to use the stones let's make sure he doesn't close his fist which is not intelligence that they have when he shows up on earth and starts wrecking them Mm -hmm. because by the time he shows up on earth and starts closing his fist everyone's all in one spot and they're already in the heat of battle trying to save vision yeah and they don't have time to pay attention to how he's operating. Mm-hmm. They're 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 being reactive instead of proactive, right? right? Um, this they're just putting Strange out there as bait because he's got the time stone, and Strange is conversing with Thanos on a level that Thanos feels like he wants to explain himself and reveals his weakness in that. Yes, um, you know, which I think is great as far as even Thanos's tragic flaw, right? Mm. Like, I feel like these movies could be called the Avengers colon, the tragedy of Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it builds into like all of them working together, but then Quill finds out that he killed Gamora and being reactive to that. Mm. Like the whole movie is about um, on the hero end of like how they need to take a minute. <laughs> yeah. um, right. Cause when they be, when they are super reactive, they don't get anything accomplished. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it goes into Strange's one-on-one fight with him, and that's great. And then he throws the planet at him, and it's them having to react to that. And yeah. it's just so well, like, executed, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, man, when Strange, like, throws the mirror dimension at him, it's cool. Mm-hmm. When he turns the rocks into butterflies, that that's cool. awesome. Yeah, there's just so many cool things, man. And, like, it was cool to finally see these characters flex their muscles. Mm-hmm. I felt like 
some of these movies have been holding back, mm -hmm. which goes back to some of my original criticisms of especially the first couple Marvel movies where they kind of felt like they weren't going all out the way mm -hmm. they could with these characters. And now they are. And it's really cool to see that. Yeah. Um, and but they also have great action directors at the helm of that. Yes. And that's the key thing is that I think now like the combination of the directors and the pre-visualization people and the storyboard people, all these are like working hand in hand and they've got a good flow. Going. <clears throat> right. Yeah, that's the thing, right? These That scene is just a bunch of CGI versus a bunch of other CGI, right. but it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And that's because they're still like CGI representations of these characters that we've gotten to know over 10 yeah. years. And I, it's it's one of those things, you know, people are like, practical is better, practical is better. If you did that scene with practical effects, it would look ridiculous. Yeah. It would be so terrible. Mm -hmm. And the so it's like, yeah, like for the most part yeah maybe practical is better but like sometimes you just need cgi to do stuff and that's mm -hmm. fine as long as it looks good and the characters are still behaving in character yeah it doesn't matter it's like you don't get mad at animated movies right yeah you, you know yeah. i i don't know the well, more we just have great powers like why do you want to like not demonstrate that yeah you know? exactly like, i want to see them kind of go all out and yeah and as long as the previs is cool looking yeah. like it's fine and like as long as i don't feel like they're completely pulling it out of nowhere yeah i mean that's my problem with some of this was like some of the nano stuff that Iron Man was doing was like, what kind of like is going on here? Right. Like, I mean, it's cool, but it just kind of felt like there was no backup reason for why that was happening sometimes. Uh -huh. um, but I mean, Doctor Strange, we know what he's capable of. Right. And he's getting even better at it. Right. So, I mean, it made sense to me. Yeah. Um, I really liked when he was like, you know what's not cool? One Doctor Strange. You know what is cool? A billion Doctor yeah. Stranges. Yeah. That was so awesome. That was awesome. Um Beyond just like the action scenes and the funny jokes and quips and stuff like that, the planets that they go to are cool. Mm -hmm. Like that one where, you know, Gamora's and Thanos go to mm -hmm. for the Soul Stone or whatever. Valinor or whatever. Yeah. It's not Valinor, but <laughs> that's a Lord of the Rings thing. <laughs> like Valinir, I think is what it's called. Yeah, it had that, that like the lake and the mm -hmm. like the eclipse kind of going on or whatever right. like that was really cool looking there's yeah. some great visuals in this movie yeah um, well we were talking before we started recording the movie just looks great yeah like, it's just the 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 quality of the image is out of control yeah it's so good and it's funny contrasting this with some of the early marvel movies where I mean, like, look how big the sets are. And yeah. I, I mean, and sometimes they're not even sets. They're just all CG. Right. But, like, how convincing they are and how, like, epic in terms of scope all these places are. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, these guys have graduated to the next level. Yeah. And, oh, man, here I go again. But I can compare that to, like, what Star Wars is doing right now where they're just, like, on planet Ireland. <laughs> you know, for, uh -huh. like, half the movie. It's like, well, where's well, the cool visuals Right, well, that so that's, that's the thing, right, is that's the argument of practical versus CGI, yeah. right? At this point, CGI is good enough to where they can push the limits mm -hmm. of what planets should look like in Star Wars. Right. And they're not doing it because they're in this moment of they feel like they need to be devoted to like the spirit of star wars right, in the sense the of like filming all, right and, yeah which like go, does go a long way like yeah. the practical the practical stuff in um force awakens is great yes um but there's certain stuff that like they should be doing cg like even the prequels were doing that you know mm. like they were they were doing cgi stuff and yeah it maybe doesn't hold up because it's almost 20 years old at this point yeah. but like they like Lucas knew that this is the future and we need to right. be utilizing it. And so he was developing that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and to like act like that part of Hollywood and history and progression didn't happen is kind of insulting in some ways yeah. to me. And it's just like a nostalgia pandering thing. Yeah. Like 
these new Star Wars movies, like Jakku, right? Mm-hmm. I don't really get this. Tatooine. Uh, yeah, it's just Tatooine, and like they threw like a, a Star Destroyer in there, and then they made like a crappy practical set where they go and deal with the junk dealers. But like, it has no real visible economy. Like, how does that even work? Uh, portions, man. Yeah, works, okay, yeah, portions. They have a portion-based economy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> where do people live? I don't know. Like In Adats. Yeah, okay. Like, none of that... Uh, it's just... This doesn't feel like very fleshed out to right. me, or like even interesting that right. that interesting visually to me. Right. And meanwhile, I'm seeing these cool planets and like this star forge thing that they right. don't make like you know super weapons. The at thing before. was sick. Yeah, like that thing is really cool. I'm seeing things that like are actual like extraterrestrial and weird and cool now mm-hmm. in these movies, and I'm not getting them in Star Wars anymore, which is like the weirdest thing to me. Right. And it feels like these movies are now fulfilling the promise of like what Star Wars once fulfilled to me. I mean, it's way. a new generation Star Wars. Kind of. Right? It, yeah. it, it is. Like, yeah. You know, and, and like uh, Star Wars will always be Star Wars, right. I think, but it, I mean, for there is going to be an entire generation or three of mm-hmm. kids who are, you know, who this are about is this. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Like, and this is where the magic is going to be for them. Yeah, yeah, because they're pushing the limits. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, man, I just love this movie. It's so great, and it's mm-hmm. so great on. It's so rewarding to watch more than once because there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't feel like a slog. I mean, I, after two viewings, it doesn't feel like a slog. I'm sure if you watch it, you know, five, six, seven times it will because you get familiar with it. Yeah. But it just, it, it it moves really nicely. It's really, like I said, it's light on its feet while still being really weighty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, this movie's just a well-oiled machine that's maybe a little too lubricated in some parts, <laughs> right? And, uh, but even then, that's only because there's more coming. There's more of this story to be told. Yeah. And... So, yes, I I, know it doesn't stand on its own. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is a complete thing. And it's kind of oxymoronic to like, it's hard to wrap your brain around that. But it it does work more than it doesn't way more than it doesn't. Oh, yeah. Like the the list of qualms with this movie is real short. Mm -hmm. Um, And like everyone stepped up their game performance wise. Everyone's good. Yes. In the movie. Um, One last thing I want to talk about. What did you think about the lack of Hulk in this movie? Um, I was okay with it. I mean, partially this is from the standpoint that I don't really care about the Hulk that mm-hmm. much. But I also kind of get the sense that it's going to be leading to something cool yeah. in the next one. And to have him kind of be restrained and pushed back in this one, it was a smart move. To see him get taken down a peg. Yeah. Right? Because that's the big complaint with all these characters is like, oh, there's no stakes because they're all invincible. Right. And it's like, well, here's a guy that makes him not. You know, mm-hmm. like Hulk gets wrecked by Thanos. Yeah. And that scene's great. Mm-hmm. And so I like it. I don't like that they advertised him being in it. Yeah. They played some tricks with the marketing for sure. Yeah, which I don't like. Mm-hmm. I just don't like that in general. Yeah. Um, like the whole he's not calm thing. Mm-hmm. I, it makes me feel like they feel like I'm stupid. Yeah. Or, or that, like, just because you know some things means that you're not going to enjoy it. Right. More. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, but this comes from somebody who doesn't generally care about spoilers mm-hmm. and kind of spoiled himself on this movie, for example. Because mm-hmm. um, to me, I think that, like, a good movie, if it's a really good movie, I'm going to watch it a thousand times. Yeah. So, and obviously, by the second time I watch it, even, yeah. I know what the plot is. So it has to be something greater that's good about it for me to watch it that many times. Yeah, I'm glad I wasn't that spoiled on mm-hmm. it. Um, as a matter of fact, I got faked out. Uh, because 
I kept seeing a bunch of Captain America gifts um, mm-hmm. about this movie in response to Spider-Man's death. <sighs> I don't know why, uh-huh. but I did. And so I thought he was going to die because I already thought he was going to die. Yeah. Um, and then there was this great moment where I thought Tony was going to die in this one. Oh, yeah. He got stabbed. Yeah. It like that. Like, I felt it, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, this is it. Yeah. This is it. But then when he healed himself, I was like, that makes sense. He'll probably die in the next one. Though. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for, I kind of get the argument of like pro- always promising you like the rest of the story, the rest of the story. It feels like there's going to be something conclusive in the next one because of yeah. the talent involved, mm-hmm. um, you know, on the page and behind the camera. It feels like they're going to give you something satisfying to end on Yeah, because they're pretty good at that. Right. You know, but because of that, if they don't do that in the next one, then I will be harsher on this movie, mm-hmm. you know, in retrospect. But in the meantime, what they made here was pretty damn incredible considering what they had to do. Yeah, it's ambitious. It's bold. It's gutsy. It it's, works. It works. It's funny. It's it, entertaining. Yeah. It's, it's depressing, too, but yeah. like in a good way. Yeah. It means that like you cared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? it's affecting. Right. It's an affecting movie. Well, that, it's an affecting movie and it's effective. Yes. But that also goes and demonstrates, I think, some of the failures of the previous Marvel movies where it's like, I know that they were kind of holding back on letting people die or having stakes because they knew Thanos was coming. But you could have killed off a couple people here and there leading yeah. up to this. And it would have, and that would have mattered too. Yeah. You know, and that to me is, I think... Maybe once they get this Thanos thing out of their system, they can just do this for all of their movies from here on out. Right. But it's like the response to people biting the dust in this one has been like, oh, man. It hasn't like led to a big big backlash as far as I can see, you know. No. Some people have been angry about it. But like like the the anger I see is more like, well, it's all reversible anyway, so why does it matter? That's That's even more where it's come from. Right. Which is a stupid take. Stop saying that. Like that's, it's not, I saw someone say that it was emotionally fraudulent because Mm. it's all going to get undone. And it's like, you don't know that, man. Yeah. Like most of it, sure, mm-hmm. yeah, but that doesn't mean everyone's coming back, and that doesn't mean other people won't die on the next one. Well, and but like, I mean, pretty much we know for sure, like Loki's dead or something. Yeah, yeah, like that, yeah. right. Yeah, like that still matters. Is, is anybody like crying about that? No, like it, I think he could have died in Thor Ragnarok probably, and mm-hmm. it would have been affecting if that movie hadn't just been a joke fest, right? Um, and that to me is, I think, like something that they need to consider in the future, mm-hmm. which is that. They didn't need to go and just save it all for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, now that they're doing it, fine. But I think that they kind of weakened their previous movies because they were playing it a little safe. Yeah. And they're holding back. And, you know, you can also have a badass villain that can go and wreck everybody. And you don't need to save him for the 19th movie. Right. You know, and Killmonger is an example of this where he, I think most people consider him probably be the best villain now that they've got. Right. Along with Loki, maybe. But... You know, he's a guy who just wrecks everybody's crap, basically, in his movie. And then yeah. he dies. But um, it, you can go and have good villains. And, mm-hmm. and they've been getting better at their villains, too. Yeah, Zemo's good three. in Civil War. Yeah. Um, so the, the complaint is a little less valid now. But you didn't need the whole back so much, Marvel, I guess mm-hmm. is my point. So now I hope they go all out in the next one. And they go out all out in the future. Yeah, I mean, they they have a good sense of when to scale up, I yeah. think. Um, and I think we've seen that over the course of these three phases of like, mm-hmm. okay, now's the time where we get bigger. Now they have mm-hmm. a good, as these things have gotten bigger and given them more momentum in the public consciousness, they've done a good job at ramping up and they've only gotten faster at doing it. Yeah. But 
I think that, yeah, they can do it faster after mm-hmm. Avengers 4. And I think they probably will. Yeah. Um, just because they're going to have to reassemble the mm-hmm. Avengers for a new generation mm-hmm. with new characters. But they're going to have the advantage of having set the gold standard yeah. of what this looks like now. Mm-hmm. So they can use a lot more shorthand. Yeah. Um, right. So they, they had to, to figure out the language of this mm-hmm. first in order to get everyone familiar with it. And now everyone's pretty fluent in it. Yeah. Um, you know, Joe Blow moviegoer, these are the movies they're seeing. And now in the future, post Avengers Infinity War 2 or Endgame, which I hear it's going to be called, which is a good title, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it It's going to be. A lot faster i think i think they'll probably stick to just the three movies a year mainly because yeah disney's in charge and they have a lot of movies coming out yeah. in any given year um but and i think that, that'll be fine for them i don't mm. think i think if they try to add four it'll be they'll oversaturate and people yeah. will over it but i don't i don't think they'll try that mm-hmm. i don't think they'll they'll do that plus they're they're gonna have their streaming service where you know they can do whatever marvel content they want on that and um, people will, you know, eat that up in between movies and it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think my only worry about that is the TV content becoming necessary to watch the movie content. Yeah. Cause right now it's not, mm-hmm. but, uh, once the Disney streaming service kicks off, I feel like they could make it. Yeah. And that's when I'm done. Cause I don't watch TV. <laughs> mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, so in general, Everyone should watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, see it big and yeah. see it loud. Uh, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast if you haven't already seen it. Though. Yeah. So you should probably just see it again, I guess is my point. Yeah. Um, do you have any other concluding thoughts? No. Um, yeah, it's just real good. Yeah. It's 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 such a it's such a good way to kick off summer movie season. Mm-hmm. And a movie summer movie season I'm not particularly excited about. Nope. But I don't know, man. Solo. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be better than Jurassic World. <laughs> Maybe and Deadpool. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, that's the next episode. Um, I won't know if Deadpool is any good or not. Um, and you won't know if Solo is any good or not. I mean, you will based on how the internet responds to it. But right. personally. Um, yeah, uh, that's yeah. I think we covered it, man. This yep. has been a longer episode, but I think the movie necessitates it um <laughs> thanos demands your two-hour podcast and uh it, you, go see it man go see it a couple times it's it's really it's something else like it is it feels really cool i don't mm. know it just feels new it feels different it feels like a great payoff to a lot of the stuff they've been doing over mm. the last 10 years it feels like it feels like a, a shot in the arm that they've needed all at once. Like mm-hmm. it, it just, I don't know. This movie accomplishes a lot of different things on a lot of different levels in a way that blockbuster movies don't usually do them anymore. Nope. And it's the, all the better for it. Um, that being said, I want Joe and Anthony Russo to go to a bond movie now. Yeah. <laughs> I know they're not super into hiring Americans for that, mm-hmm. but they need to. I just want them to do something else. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see something else they do. Um, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing them bring in other creators that I like. Like I want I want the Duffers to play in this universe. Mm-hmm. I want them to do one of the Marvel TV shows. I want them to do one of the Star Wars TV shows. Denny via New Wave. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Uh, <laughs> I would man. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, so what are you working on, MJ? Um, what, do what do I got? What do I got? What do I got? There's something coming down the pipeline that will happen soon. Uh, just going to tease that out. <laughs> um, some stuff is happening. There's a couple things you guys are probably going to see from MJ me. will return. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a couple things that are in the pipeline that will probably happen this month, May. Um, it is the scariest, most ambitious thing I've ever done. And I don't know if I can do it. And that's why I'm doing it. So, Kill half the universe? Yeah, how'd you know? Oh, shit. <laughs> um, I'm going to kill half the universe and just go, slavery was a choice and leave. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Kanye Thanos. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> I saw. I don't know if I, I'm on Twitter too much, but I, I've been like borderline obsessed with it. I don't care about Kanye West either no. way, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had a tweet yesterday after he said slavery was a choice, where he said, "Once again, I am being attacked for presenting new ideas." And I saw someone take that tweet and put a picture of Thanos underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like the internet is good (laughs) all right we can can avoid destroying the internet for now yeah um yeah so just be on the lookout for that it'll you'll see it on this page um and you'll know it when it happens because it's going to be pretty different um it's not going to affect the podcast at all so the podcast will remain the podcast but there's just a couple other projects that I have in the works that are my own, that are solo, that are still in my head. And hopefully you'll hear about within the next week or so. Can you, um, can you enjoy some kind of suicide squad? <laughs> we are the bad guys. Yeah. So I think I think it's high time we did. All right. That's going to be our new YouTube channel. Is mm-hmm. just, It's going to be like the Try Guys, but it's just going to be like Mike and MJ join a suicide, suicide squad. squad. <laughs> um, and it just ends with all of us dead. <laughs> Oh, that kind. <laughs> <laughs> Just get a cup of yogurt and we're like, ah, ah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, May 14th, we are introducing a screening of Jaws mm-hmm. at the Fox Theater here in Bakersfield, California. Tickets are only $5. You should go to that because yeah. it's going to be great. Uh, Jaws is my favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm um it's near so, his birthday it's yeah it's near my birthday we're cool yeah um it's it's a monday night it's seven o'clock it's five dollars go see jaws in a theater it's worth seeing in a theater movie's great mm-hmm. um i'm really excited about it man i i don't know just the the <clears throat> the payoff of having being able to do this near like on the cusp of a new decade of my life um kind of makes it worth it it shows that what i've been working towards has bears some sort of fruit at least in my life whether or not people are connecting with my introductions to these movies or not is on them and not something i hear about but it's been a really good time and so just being able to sort of talk about jaws on a stage in front of people is like why i started this essentially (laughs) um so that'll be that'll be a good time and I will have the beat up raggedy pair of Jaws shoes that I've had for two years on. And that will be the last night that I wear them. <laughs> they I should have retired them about a year ago, but I love them. And uh, so I'm going to wear them to that. And I'm pretty excited about it. Also, on my birthday proper this year, this is not something... I mean, you can come watch me, I guess. But I'm getting a Jaws tattoo. So uh, I... 
I'm really looking forward to just sort of what Jaws means to me at this moment in my life. Um, it's going to be real exciting. Mike, what do you have? Uh, I have a book signing that is going to happen on June 2nd at Russo's Books. You oh, can nice. buy a copy of your book there and you can get it signed by me and then talk to the author who I believe is me. Awesome. Yes. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I knew that was in the works. I just wasn't sure when. Yep, just got confirmed. Cool. So, cha-ching. Um, please let me know if you would plan on anything. That way it helps me figure out how many books I need to buy, then to sell them, so then I also get paid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy a book. I haven't bought it yet, which is good for me. Yes. <laughs> there's, there's a contingent of people who are like, yeah, I want to buy it, but I want to buy it in person. So now this is your mm. chance. Okay. Um, I just yeah. am lazy. <laughs> I'm just yeah. a bad friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I realize that you're in a separate group of friends. Yeah. The bad kind. Yeah, the one that I wanted to have a join a suicide. <laughs> um, yeah, cool stuff is happening and you should follow us. You can follow me on Twitter at MJSmith891. You can follow me on Instagram at MJSmith891. Uh, there's mainly cat pictures on there. Twitter is a lot. I've been killing it on twitter lately which means i've been posting puns that make me laugh really hard and no one responds to them so if you are into that follow me on twitter um do you have any social media you want to plug Nah, not right now okay um yeah so may 14th fox theater at 7 p.m and then june June 2nd 2nd. do you know have a time on that yet yeah um 11 a.m to 1 p.m okay all right at russo's books um also in bakersfield california so yeah uh that's it uh go have fun with this next episode's gonna be a little different we're gonna be talking about the summer blockbusters we are actively avoiding this year (laughs) um it's gonna be a really i'm really looking forward to that conversation actually uh there are two movies coming out within two weeks of each other that we will not be seeing um for different reasons and we're gonna get into the nitty-gritty of that um very soon one of those movies we will talk about on the podcast uh just mike won't be present for it no um yeah that's it right yeah all right well thanks for listening until next time a fanboy knows a hater and also we're the bad guys i don't feel so good (laughs) (laughs) stupid disappear oh okay uh much like a marvel movie bonus scene i had something i wanted to talk about that i think is a little bit important i think that this is the best comic book movie ever made and i want to clarify that statement i don't think this is the best superhero movie ever made that distinction belongs to superman 1978 um i think right 1978 Mm, yeah um the Christopher Reeve, the first Christopher Reeve Superman. I'm not sure there's a movie out there that understands its character, uh, a, a superhero movie out there that understands its character better than that movie does. Uh, also, that movie's just great. Like that movie is that movie plays forty years later. It's so good. I just saw it for the first time last year, and it immediately became my favorite. This is the best comic book movie I've ever seen. And I, Mike, you touched on it earlier in the episode, which is, uh they've delivered on that comic booky action, Mm -hmm. but they've also delivered on that comic booky structure in a really nice way. A lot of times when these movies make this comic book, uh, structure, it doesn't really work. This movie feels like you're killing an afternoon, Mm -hmm. plowing through a stack of comics, getting to the end, finishing the crossover event, 
and realizing there's a setup to more, which is also why I'm more okay with the reversible stuff because that crap happens all the time in comics. Mm -hmm. And I think it happens too much in comics to the point where I don't think they would make that same mistake in a movie. Um, There's way more at stake in a movie than there is in a comic book uh, as far as financials Mm -hmm. are concerned. So I don't think they would turn everyone off by making all those things um so impermanent mm-hmm. by making everything super impermanent um but yeah as far as feeling like a comic book movie uh, as, fe- as far as feeling like a comic book goes this movie does it i think better than any movie i've ever seen in this you know superhero comic booky genre yeah well definitely i mean it feels like you got plopped into issue 216 or something like right that. and it's just like and now this is happening. And now, meanwhile, on you know this planet, this is happening. And right. these are all these heroes are interacting and talking with each other. And it's just relying on your innate knowledge of what's already happened before. And it's not giving a damn if you don't know anything. And right. it's like super in depth with this, like these comic booky ideas, mm-hmm. you know, these stones and this, you know, all these MacGuffins everyone's after. Right. And it's not apologetic about any of it. And it's not trying to fit into some traditional film structure, although, you know, it works reasonably well enough in this movie. But I agree with you. It's it's a comic book movie. Yeah. Like, in the truest sense of the word. It's a comic book, comma, movie. Yeah. Yes. You know, like, there, that is two categories. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it just works on that level. Like, usually it doesn't. I think every other movie that's tried to be a comic book, or used the grammar of mm-hmm. comic books, at least, has fallen on its face yeah. uh, most notably the ang lee version of hulk yeah. um you know tried to do like a paneled look as far as mm. its editing goes and it didn't work at all um this movie like the visuals look really comic booky yes um but it looks like really great comic book artwork yeah um it just feels so much like what the source material is I mean, in a really nice way while still like, using the grammar of movies yeah well i mean you could take like this like a still of these characters talking to each other and have like a speech bubble like mm-hmm. around them and it would feel like this is you're reading a comic book which is yep. cool yeah so that's just a thought i wanted to get out there it's something i've been thinking about a lot um since i've seen the movie mm-hmm. and wanted to put it in recording so bonus episode now we're gonna mm-hmm. cross over with another podcast to fight the evil podcast <laughs> lord <laughs> i thought that you're gonna like come in here like sam jackson and invite me to the avengers but all right this is fine <laughs> i have too many eyes for that